Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. podcast with myself gary and and how are you today and yeah good mate thank you very much yourself i'm very well there thanks for asking mate um so this is the the first video pod that we've done and we had this idea of you know just for fun pod we'll uh we'll put a load of names in a hat and we'll pick our five aside team from our pots you get pot one i get pot two all right I think I'm going to alienate a lot of people by wearing a Germany top. It's a nice top. Uh, but we'll we'll do that, and then obviously we'll have a little bit of discussion about why you've picked those players and and like why I've picked those players. But obviously we'll start with there's three goalkeepers in the pot. Um, I'm going to bring the list up now, so I'll share my screen so we can uh, we can see that all. All right. Can we just quickly say to any listeners, I don't know 13 of the 18 players, so this is going to be quite fun for me. But that was Hector, Jane, Peter, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that. So here's the list. Gary's got some weird friends. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the list. We're going to split it up into two groups. We've got Gianluigi Buffon there. We've got Aika Casillas, Paolo Maldini, Philip Lam, Yapstam, Marcel Desai, Michael Ballack. Kevin De Bruyne, Rivaldo, David Beckham, Neymar, Raul, Thierry Henry, Claudio Tafarel, Fabio Cannavaro, Edgar Davids, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Andrea Kanchelskis. So what I'm going to do... Yeah, I think, I think Ross Stewart's been robbed like... <laughs> Brilliant game last night. So what I'll do is I'll split it into pot one and pot two, mate. Which pot are you after? I'll have pot two, please. Pot two, right. Here we go, then. I'll have to do it again if all three goalkeepers go into one pot, though. <laughs> right, let's just make sure there's a goalkeeper in there. There's oh. two goalkeepers in there. All three goalkeepers in group two. Yeah, so we're going to have to just redo it again. Boom, do it again there. So let's make sure all the goalkeepers are uh, spread out. Yeah, they are. Right, so you've got pot two and I've got pot one. I'll let you have the first pick. So I'm picking the goalkeeper, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know... You... Um, Ike Casillas. Why are you picking Ike Casillas? Um, legend of Real Madrid. Uh, um, him and Tafarel. Tafarel was, was brilliant in the early 90s of Brazil. Probably one of the, the best Brazilian teams there is, really, with uh, Ronaldo, Bebeto. Uh, this is old, uh, Romario. Um, Red. Uh, is it a Dai that um, midfielder? Uh, Tunga, it was brilliant as well. Oh, Tunga. Um, yeah. Roberto Carlos, obviously. Um, but I think Casillas is one of the best goalkeepers in our generation. You know, the absolute legend of Real Madrid made some tremendous saves, won the Champions League, won everything really. And yeah, I'll go for Casillas as my goal. Yeah, fair enough. 
I mean, I only have one choice, and it's Gianluigi Buffon. I mean, but that's not a bad choice. I mean, he is one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, and I, I don't think there's going to be many keepers like a GG Buffon. And, you know, at the age he is at the moment, I mean, he's just went back to Parma. You know, he's a physical specimen. Like, he, he's had a fantastic career. One of my favourite ever goalkeepers as well, next to, next to Casillas. So, I mean, I have no so, choice. I mean, he's still playing now at the age of 87. So, you know, it's a seven <laughs> same. I mean, I know I'm just joking there, but I mean, I know he's in his 40s. But, yeah, well, I think uh, he is 40. Uh, it just he? shows, like, how he's kept of how... And he's still a really, really good goalkeeper, I'm sure. Like, he won... He don't win the league or something with, with Juventus a couple of years ago, and he's, like, he was 40 or something. Ah, so, uh, but he wasn't um, first he's still choice. still a tremendous yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, he wasn't first choice. Chesney was first choice, but, you know... Mm. Having Buffon just in 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 your in your team just for his experience factor is just absolutely just insane. I mean, like I'm I'm kind of glad like back in the days when Palmer had Crespo, Chiram, Buffon, um, Diego Fuza, like they had so many good players. Like you, like Palmer was like a like a soft spot team for me. Loved watching them, and we can't forget the legend that is Patrick M. Bomber as well, mate. He was a legend, <laughs> not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've obviously I've got no choice but to pick Buffon, but still, um, absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. Well, I would have picked him anyway, even if I had the choice of Tafarel Casillas or Buffon. So Buffon for me, mate. Who who's your second choice? Are you going for a, like how are you lining up? Are you going for two at the back? I'm I'm going for a traditional five side of obviously the goalkeeper and then a one two one kind of formation. Right. Um, so I'm going to pick like a defensive midfielder and defender. So my defender anyway, um, <laughs> it'll have to be by order of elimination, Philip Lam. <laughs> um, I don't, I think, you know, it's the left back. Um, you know, super player, you know, represented, representing Germany. So, you know, I, I can't leave him out with me, uh, with me top one, kind of. <laughs> um, well, so he's well, going to have to do me covering. I'm, well, what we could I'm sure say we can is, do a lot of covering. yeah. What we could say is you can pick any four outfield players. Well, we could say that because you've only got one defender, and I've got every other defender there. That's yeah, that, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pick. I've got my team already in my head, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna pick as me as me defender is gonna be Philly Blam. Um, right. he's going to be. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be my my back. So he's gonna run, especially if he's five aside. He's going to cover every blade of grass or or turf. And Philip Lamb's absolutely an absolute machine. So I'm quite happy to have him as my defender. We'll go with Philip Lamb. Um, do you want me to keep going or are you no defender? Uh, no I'll, I'll pick my, my next one. So I'm going to go for yeah. someone at the back. Um, and I've got to go with the, the legend that is Paolo Maldini. I mean, it's a hard choice between, you know, Stam. Desai Cannavale and Maldini because I've got them all in my group there. To be fair, your list is literally littered with, with defence. Uh, it, <laughs> is, it is. I don't have much choice, really, do I? I'm going to have to probably think about my lineup here, but I've got to go Maldini. I mean, Buffon, Maldini from, from my two when you've got Lam and Casillas. Um, I mean, I'm going to put this out as a vote on our Instagram as to who, who's got the, the more formidable team. Uh, well, the more formidable five-a-side team, see see what our votes are. But Maldini, absolute legend. Class to see his son, Daniel Maldini, score uh, at the weekend as well. And, like, just the Maldini family as a whole is just generational, like, absolutely class. So I have no choice but... To, well, I do have a choice, but I, I don't need a choice because it would always be Maldini. Yeah, yeah, I mean, legend. You know, that's all we can say with Maldini, you know. Defender, yeah, you know, but look at your list as well. I mean, kind of far off, and he was brilliant. You know, him and Nesta were amazing. Right. SIE were a great defender. Um, Yapstam as well, just looking at there. Yapstam was fantastic, you know. Uh, it's such a, a great, it's, it's such a like kind of embarrassment of riches for your defense there. Uh, I must admit, you're gonna be it's, it's hard to pick one there, but I think you've gone with the <laughs> correct one. Aye, uh, no. I think so as well. I think Maldini's been absolutely class. Legend. So who would you go for as your third pick? I mean, let's just say that right. you can just pick anyone you want. It's just five players that you're going to put out. Obviously, you've had no choice but choose a keeper. So 
we have. No, to I'm, I've got one. I've got one. I'm going to go for a defensive midfielder um, to help Lee Blam at the back, and that is uh, Michael Ballack. Um, I, I, I've, I, I'm going all German here, probably keep the way this is going, but um, aren't you wearing a German top? <laughs> Pardon? Aren't you wearing a German top as well? I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a coincidence, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Balak was an amazing player. You know, for me, very underrated. Um, everywhere he went, I thought he put a shift. He put a shift in. He, he could score. He could score the goals. He could, you know, find a goal out of nowhere. I remember a goal um, for Chelsea in the Champions League. Um, I think it was against Porto. I want to say Porto. It's probably wrong. But it was an absolute beautiful goal. Um, and for me, like I say, a proper underrated player. Um, and I'm a massive, massive fan of him. So he's going to be number three as me defensive midfielder. So hold be the wall, basically, um, to stop all of your stop all of your players coming forward and helping Lam out at the back, and also being the playmaker in that in that team. So that'll be Michael Ballack for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so you've got. Casillas, Lam, and Balak, and I'm going with Buffon, Maldini, and my next pick. Oh, I've got three players to pick from. I'm gonna go Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids is an absolute legend. I mean, how many, how many players? Obviously, towards the end of his career, he was gonna go to Barnet. I mean, like that, he didn't fear going to Barnet. I mean, he only played probably about five games, but like if you look at what he's done, he didn't his... play many games. But... Yeah, if you look at what he's done throughout his career, I mean, when you think of the Dutch national team, you're thinking of players like Edgar Davids, you're thinking of players like Yapstam, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Um, I mean, I'm gonna put it out there. You're gonna think of a uh, Ruud Hesp. Um, <laughs> you're not really gonna think of Ruud Hesp because he didn't really play much, but. Like Edgar David's just absolute legend, defensive midfielder. I don't think there's been, I think there's been very few defensive style midfielders like him since his time. I mean, the the whole roles changed. It's went from, you know, defensive midfielder, ball winner to you know different positions such as deep lying playmaker and box to box and. You know, Edgar Davids could have done every single one of them, like so. I'll, I've got to pick Edgar Davids to line up against, uh, line up with Buffon Maldini. So he's going to protect Maldini for me. So we're going to go Buffon Maldini Davids. Oh, my fourth one, um, which now bringing in a little bit of you know a tap and flair to my team will be Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I've got on many, many pod, many um a chat really and, and just for my admiration of Kevin De Bruyne uh, I, I think I personally Kevin De Bruyne is in the top five of best players in the world when fit you know obviously at the minute he's just making his way back into the City side but you look at City De Bruyne in the tide I mean they're just they're just amazing um, for me at the national level I think he, he's flattered to deceive you know I think the whole Belgian side have you know being the golden generation of, of the Belgian side they're never going to get any better Teams in the, what the last four or five years, and they need to win something soon. But and uh, isn't that he can score any type of goal as well? You know, he takes a, a really good free kick. He can score penalties. You know, I mean, his passing, his range of passing is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and yeah, you know, this is a guy as well who Mourinho didn't didn't like. So you know, it even makes it just makes Mourinho look stupid. To be honest, how well he's. Well, he's progressed since leaving Chelsea, you know, and Pep's just done a fantastic job. And, and you know, for me, I think he's, yeah, I would, I would say, but Ronaldo's probably winding down now, Messi as well. But you've got like the likes, De, De Bruyne is up there, isn't he? You've got maybe, you know, Pep's in Neymar. For me, Neymar dives about too much, and up here, it's too inconsistent. Whereas. Every game, you know, De Bruyne is a seven, eight out of ten, and he's in in any game as well. If City score, he's either scored or set up. Um, imagine City next season if they signed Haaland with De Bruyne behind him, I and mean, it's just they're going to score about a hundred goals season at least. You know, it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne as my captain as well. Oh, your captain! That's a good show. Yeah. That's a good show. So De Bruyne. In midfield, is, is your captain, what kind of role would you say you'd be playing? Because obviously you put Balogun, is he going to be kind of your holding player and De Bruyne is going to be more your attacking player? 
hundred percent. Yeah, De Bruyne is going to be my, my attacking flair um, in that in that five side and the five side teams. So we've got Balak doing the dirty work, you know, putting the tackles in, you know, breaking up play, finding De Bruyne who's going to be, you know, bringing everyone else into play, you know, probably getting the ball and scoring straight away, you know, bringing me striker in, putting putting another play for me striker, you know, it's um. Yeah, this is um, well. To be fair, putting on for me straight, I've only got one in this list, so <laughs> um, that that's easy. <laughs> hey, no, you've got Neymar. Yeah, you've got Neymar as well. Boy, oh, I forgot about him. It's not going to be him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be yeah, Kevin Kevin De Bruyne there. Um, yeah, like I say, I'm, for me, one of the world's best players. You know, if not the best, uh, when he's on form, he's absolutely amazing and. Yeah, he's just coming back into fitness now for City, and City is still City beats um, Chelsea at the weekend. Very convincingly, even though it was only one. And I know they lost last night to a good PSG team, but City's going to be oh, there for every all of this season. And Bryner, I hope he stays fit all season because I love watching him. Yeah. Oh, um, me and my cousin are going to try and get down to a Champions League game um, at some point this season because we've, you know, we've never seen Champions League obviously in some spot um, <laughs> but we're on about trying to go to a City home game and just to see you know, just to see him again really I haven't seen De Bruyne for like good five, six years live and I think I'm struggling to remember if I've seen him at all I know I've seen him once or twice um, but one of them we got like hammered like four or five one and I don't think he that influence I think he might have and De Bruyne scored one, but it was like I think he was just mint that day, and I'd, I'd just like to see him against like the you know top position and see if he was still there. Ah, fair enough. I mean, if I was going for any kind of flame midfielder, I would have picked KDB in your list as well. Absolute legend. Like I mean, he's gonna go down as one of the one of the greatest midfielders in the in the Premier League, isn't he? Um. Kind of argue with for you me, there. he's the best. You know, for me, he's in in that position. He's the best ever to play. You know, he's one of the best ever to play in the Premier League. And he was just honest. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of goals he scored, the amount of assists he's made, the amount of man of the matches he's undoubtedly got. You know, every every time you know his dream teams come alive. You know, you wait for him to be fit, so you're putting him in. You know, like there's a there's a transfer window opening up in the one that we're in currently. I've had a got week, and I just can't wait until Friday to not get him in. You know, because I will make room for the man. You know, he's like the first name on the team sheet, isn't he? So, yeah. um, he's, for me, I, I, I would honestly, I would struggle to find a, a better midfielder than him in, in the Premier League history, you know, especially in that position. Oh, uh, there's, there's not many off the top of my head, you know, maybe Ronaldo when he played like further back, you know, but he was more of a winger. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I struggle to, to find one, really. I'm sure someone will comment on it and, you know, prove us wrong. Don't, you know, it, it, it does, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm more than happy to prove wrong. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, imagine, I'm going to pause this question here. Imagine if Chelsea kept Hazard, Salah and De Bruyne as an attacking and Yeah, and the Cato. I mean, like, I mean, obviously Hazard never really, uh, Hazard, he's, he's found it difficult since leaving Chelsea, hasn't he? Because he's, he's not been, he's not had the greatest of injury fronts, but Salah, I mean, <sighs> Salah, was Salah doing it at Chelsea? Probably not, but De Bruyne certainly wasn't. But De Bruyne was never given the chance. I don't think Salah was, to be honest. But, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's if buts and, and wise, isn't it? But, I mean, Lukaku was going out on loan, but like to West Brom, and uh, he he looked a great player. And, and then when, when he went to Man United, you know, was he, was, was he good enough at that point? Maybe, maybe not. You know, he, he, he wasn't great, I don't think, at Man United, but... He's, he's refound his career in the Milan and he's hit the ground running since he's come back to Chelsea. So, uh, I mean, it would be, I mean, it'd be a great forward line, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> Brian out, Brian out in the middle, Salah and Hazard on the wings and the Capital up front. I mean, Chelsea possibly could have won a lot more than what they have won and they've been quite successful anyway. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah, if you had those players at peak, which is what they're at all at now, Obviously, besides Hazard, who's suffering with injuries and stuff, so it's depleted a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to kind of see, isn't it? It's difficult to kind of see well, what happens to Kepa because they were all quite young at yeah. the time, weren't they? I mean, especially Salah. Um, it was just finding his way, and he didn't. I don't think Salah ever looked that good at Chelsea, whereas 
Eddie had to go, you know, he went to Juventus, didn't he? And yeah, I mean, he's been a, he's, uh, been amazing. I mean, he's the quickest player ever to reach 100 goals in the Premier League. Um, he's one, I think he's the quickest one ever to reach for Liverpool. Um, yeah, I'm a man here this season of really, really, you know, hit the ground running and um, I mean, he scored another two last night. I mean, like, we're speaking to trainers, I haven't got him in and I've been cursing myself ever since Ever since I haven't got him in. Because um, I decided to leave him out this year because I just thought he'd have it off-season. I just didn't think Liverpool would be back to where they were, but the, the, the proof of me wrong, so he's going back in on Friday. But, yeah, it'll be, like I see, it's, it's hard to say because of, you know, listen, Rosie had his reasons and, you know, but Rosie brought in or had him instead of them yeah, weren't really up to the task. Well, like Olivia Giroud didn't really do much at Chelsea, did he? And I could have had Lukaku. Um, I mean, Abraham, you know, he's gone now. And I know Frank Lampard gave him a chance, but you would probably rather have Lukaku, wouldn't you? So, oh, um, I know it was a longer time ago, but I mean, Mourinho sold um, Lukaku twice, didn't he? Because he sold them Man U. So, obviously, Mourinho didn't like him. I know. Oh, oh yeah, we're getting a bit off topic now, guys. It's, it's what ifs, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> what ifs. So, my next pick, and I'm going to be going, obviously, I've got Buffon, I've got Maldini, I'm going to go for two in the middle, so I'm going Davids, but I'm going to bring in the attacking factor of Rivaldo as well. So, I've got my holding player in Davids, who is also box-to-box, and then I've got the creativity of my playmaker, Rivaldo. One of the best Brazilian players, again, we're ever going to see. I mean, that generation, Rivaldo, Ronaldo, Roberto, Carlos, Cafu, uh, Ronaldinho, uh, Danilson at, at a point, um, Tafarel, who's in your list, um, Lucio, man, so many good Brazilian players. I mean, we'll obviously never forget what Rivaldo did uh, against um, Turkey in the World Cup, where the ball uh, definitely did hit his face. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, and didn't he get sent off against England as well? He did uh, in the yeah, same he World did. Cup. Very uh, common, he did. But like Rivaldo, but he did. I can always remember. I can always remember Rivaldo in that game. Um, oh, he didn't get sent off. It wasn't him. Sorry, that's my fault. Um, the first goal he absolutely did. I think it might be Gary Neville on on the sideline just to, to, to get the, the first goal um, scored. It was, it was an amazing bit of skill. He was a great player, but. Be a bit of a bit of a cheat, uh, especially against Turkey in that World Cup. But you can't um, you can't deny he was one of the best uh, Brazil in that area. Yeah, won World Cups. He's won again. He's probably one of the one who's won everything, isn't he? Yeah. What I find it find interesting about the Brazilian players, though, a lot of the older Brazilian players, they've always went back to Brazil to finish off the career. At one point, I'm sure Rivaldo was playing in like. Uh, like Azerbaijan League or something. I mean, you only played like a handful of games, but it was a bit of an odd move. Obviously, there would have been like a lot of money involved in it. But you yes, know, I, that, I, that's I, what's up in there, man. There was yeah. no one else. <laughs> yeah. that he's always wanted to be in the Afghanistanian League. He, he, <laughs> he would have got paid a pretty penny. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's literally why they all, all the Brazilians, um, around about five years ago, you know, the likes of Hulk um, and the guy who played for Chelsea, never remember his name, the midfielder. Um, was Oscar somebody? No, and, Oscar, yeah, and had Ramirez as yeah. well, didn't they? Yeah, they've all gone there for money. Tevez, you know, they've all gone there for the money. You know, the thing is with with them guys, you don't blame them because of the amount when when they grow when they were growing up, they were living in poverty. You know what I mean? So they, you know, they don't they don't have the privilege of of what you know certain other footballers do, especially in South America. Cause, you know, it's, it's not you know it's five to five and I know that Neymar, especially, he grew up in the slums and he sends quite a lot of money back to mm. Brazil, which a lot of these players are doing. So you kind of understand why they've done it. And then I think they return to Brazil for, you know, a little bit of adulation, have a good night, have a year at the, the local club or whatever, and then decide that they're going to retire. You know what I mean? For me, maybe they should retire a couple of years earlier, but, um, you know, I've fed them, you know what I mean? And I, I like that kind of like, Stuff if they're sending the money back to the families or the village or something because there's a village named after Neymar Brazil, isn't it? So nice. Yeah, but I Rivaldo, like absolute legend, brilliant mm. AC Milan. Just to name a few teams. I mean Barcelona as well. Um, but yeah, Rivaldo for me. So at the moment I've got um, I've got Buffon, 
Maldini, Davids, Rivaldo. Who's your final pick? I think I already know who it's going to be. <laughs> the Lion. The Lion. The the Ban. The Zlatan Ibrahimovic is my striker. Um, to be honest, I think this is the perfect five-a-side team. You know, a defender in Falam, maybe. You know what I mean? But you're looking at, like... Got a top quality goalkeeper. I've got you know Lam, Lam who'll run every blade of grass. Michael Bark who'll, who'll stop everything that comes towards him. Kevin De Bruyne who'll lay it on a plate for the the man Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, this is a guy who could have played for Sunderland. You know, this is a guy who had trials at Sunderland. You know, he could have played. The Lion could have played for Sunderland. I mean, I love him. I absolutely love him. Obviously, I'll make Carly Swedish, and you know he loves him as well. And I think it's great. I mean, he's still playing now, and he's still banging the balls in. You know, he scores some of the goals he scored, man. That volley against England for Sweden, absolutely beautiful. When he was when he was at Man United, he just changed the way Man United played. And, and this is like a 35, 36 year old guy. You know, and he was brilliant for Man United. And you know, he, his career at Man United was was ended by quite a bad knee injury. And, he thought that might have been it. No, he went back to Milan. He's scoring goals for Milan, and just the way he comes out with stuff as well. I mean, yeah, it's arrogance. Of course, it's arrogance. But you know, fair play. I mean, like I remember, um, this was about five, six years ago now, and they were releasing the five best um, sportsmen ever to come from Sweden, and he was fifth. And he was like, well, my top five would have been number one, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, number two, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, number three, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, number four, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and number five, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And he's just like, he's full of himself, but it's a good kind of arrogance, you know, and he's a love and hate kind of player, I think, you know, especially in uh, amongst fans, but I love him, I absolutely love him, and a perfect finisher as well, perfect striker to have for Kevin Bruyne, for example, you know, who's going to put them on the plate for him, so... I'm uh, I'm very very confident in my five side team Gary to finish it off. That's <laughs> well, that very good uh, choice. I mean, he's only a couple of weeks. Well, actually, he's not even a couple of weeks away. It's next week. He's forty years old. Obviously, he signed yeah. a one year extension in the AC Milan. He's played one game already, and got one goal. But I'm just looking there. His career statistics: six hundred and eleven games, three hundred and ninety seven goals. Like yeah. it's insane. Looking through it, like there's. Uh, I think there's like once or twice where he's had a season where he hasn't hit double figures. So he is naturally just a prolific goal scorer as well as a social media character, you know, press conference, post and pre character. Like he is an absolute legend. There won't be anyone like that. You know what? I'll I'll actually correct you on this, Gary. He's never not hit double figures. He's never not double figures. Like in, in, in seasons he might have done, right? When he was younger. But for every club he's played for, he scored like around about twenty goals. Yeah, that's, I mean that's amazing. That I mean, and he hasn't for 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 a guy who's forty, he's had you know what six or seven clubs, and that's not that's not that many. You know yeah. what I mean? You know that he's not exactly a journeyman, and you know and this is last season for Milan, 38, 38 appearances, twenty six goals for a thirty nine year old. For for LA Galaxy, fifty two goals in fifty six games. That all that league's dreadful. But this is an old glorious that in in his career. This is this is a guy who's nearing the end. And he's yeah. still banging goals in. Uh, he's, he's the boy, the absolute boy. One hundred eighteen appearances for Sweden, sixty two goals. That's so his career average is a goal every like what ninety minutes or something like that. So it's a goal every every game really. You know, like uh, on an on average. So. Every other game, sorry. So that's 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 that. to keep that level of consistency up is amazing. Yeah. Especially for you know, yeah, a guy from Sweden. You know what I mean? Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I wish I, I wish I had Zlatan in my picks, because I'm gonna be honest with you, I probably would have took Zlatan myself. Um, but you know, I'd have I'd have I'd have, I'd have took one over Zlatan in that list actually. And who would that have been? That would be Thierry Henry. Who was the person that I've picked? So my yeah. Very similar, yeah, very similar kind of records as well. But yeah. I would have probably one Rio over Zlatan. Yeah, Thierry, my pick definitely. I mean, obviously when he joined Arsenal, he started off as a winger, didn't he? A left winger and a right winger, and like you didn't really think much of him because he he Arsene Wenger has this habit of when he signs new players, he has them on the bench for quite a while. 
and they come on and they kind of he, he wants them to be impact players then all of a sudden like Thierry just like absolutely burst out the, out of the scene and he just became just an absolute delight to watch I mean I remember you saying numerous times like watching him at the Sol and stuff like it, it's just to be he in is the hands presence. down hands down the best player I've ever seen it's on the day not at Sunday, obviously he's played for us, but the best player I've ever seen it's in, right hands down there's no, there's possibly a Guerrero and Hazard who have had your know, great games, but oh. for consistency, every time he played Sunday, he was He's the best player I've ever seen. Oh. Ronaldo's up there as well, actually, because Ronaldo always played well at the same light bulb. Absolutely. Thierry Henry was potential. When you can get an opposition, like when you're at an, an opposition ground and the home fans are standing up and clapping for you, you know you've had a good game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, just every season. You're in, you're in the presence of excellence at the Stadium of Life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, nah, like Thierry Henry, what a legend. Like, I, I had to pick him. Like, who was my other choice? Raul. Again, a, another legend, Raul, but Raul was never known really for his prolific goal scoring record granted you know he was one of the most prolific players in the champions league but he spent a lot of his time out on the left wing as well which a lot of people don't realize i mean he only really was recognized as a forward probably he's like mid midway through his career he was recognized as a left winger for a lot of time but again raul absolute legend but i had to just go with thierry Henry for my striker so the way i'm lining up is buffon maldini david rivaldo Henri, that's how I'm lining up. It's going to be a high scoring game. <laughs> Very high scoring game. I mean, obviously, it's going to be high scoring game. <laughs> we're going to put this out as a vote on our Instagram and see who our followers think has the the better five a side lineup. Question: I'm going to pose to you, Anto. From my lineup, from my team, who's remaining? You can't pick a player who I've already picked in my lineup. If you had to pick a sixth man, a substitute from my pot. Who would you pick? Maldini. Oh, no, you've already picked him, haven't you? Oh, Calabaro. Yeah, yeah Calabaro, just a cover for defenders. And then after the first couple of minutes, I bring Calabaro on for Lam. And then, I've, <laughs> and then I honestly think I've got the perfect time side team. Man. Ah, fair oh. enough. If I had to pick one from you, who you've not put, uh, picked, I'd go for Neymar. Because yeah. Neymar is going to bring that X factor where, you know... He offers very similar characteristics to both Rivaldo and Thierry Henry, so he would be... The only, the only bother with that, mate, though, is the game gets stopped every minute and a half because he'd be down freaking injured, wouldn't he? <laughs> or, 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 sorry, or feigning an injury or whatever, you know what I mean? That's my problem with Neymar. Like, he's a great player, and if he concentrate on being a great player, it'll be mint, but he just... Uh, the, the way he just flings himself about all the time. I mean, that one at the World Cup was just... Oh, when uh, he, he got punched or something, and nothing had happened, not stamped on, or yeah, just, uh, yeah, nothing. Not for you. No, I've uh, just said hello there because we don't. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I uh, so we've got our sixth man, our substitute for for me, Neymar, obviously for yourself, Cannavaro. So you went in a defensive option. I went for an attacking option just because I have faith in Maldini. He, he is an absolute machine but yeah we're, we're going to put that out on social media once this po- video podcast is going to be released because it's the first video pod that we've done obviously it's still going to go out on apple podcasts and, and spotify podcasts as well Um, obviously another big event that ha- has happened which we obviously we do have to touch on and just want to obviously get your thoughts on it as well Um, is Ryder Cup mate what did you mean yeah. it? um the Americans were fantastic, you know. Let's let's not like you know. Let's not kid ourselves. The Americans were brilliant. Um, I think every single one of them embraced the team um, spirit, which doesn't normally happen with the Americans. You know, there's always a falling out. Um, I remember Phil Mickelson um, really, you know, went to town um, around about. It was maybe not the last one, the one before uh, with the radical. It was Tom Watt um, off the top of the head. Um, and they've always had that kind of thing because what the Americans have always been is you know Tiger, you know Tiger performs and this that and the other. And for me, they, they had, I mean, they had the on paper they had the best squad they probably ever had. You know the lineup were there were world class players there. They, you know even like like Huntley, who's not that well known in in the world in like you know for the average golf fan, you know the not to average golf fan who 
you know, only watches the Ryder Cup, might not know who Patrick Cantley is. The guy won $17 million the week before the Ryder Cup for winning the PGA Tour. You know, they had Colin Morikana, who's only young, but he's won two major tournaments. Add that on with, you know, Dustin Johnson, who is, you know, I know John Rahm is number one in the world. Dustin Johnson has been number one for a long time. You know, Gordon um, Spieth, who's won many a major. Justin Thomas, who's won, you know, he's won tournaments um, in America. And the European team, I mean, the bother is with the European team, especially when they go to America, the Europeans obviously have to pick players from the European tour. But a lot of these players don't go and play on the PGA enough, so they don't get used to these quarters as much as what, obviously, the Americans do. Yeah. Every, year, every, every year, they'll be playing at the Winston Straits or whatever. Um, and yeah, you know, listen, at the end of the day, it's the highest winning uh, margin in the Ryder Cup, 19-9. I mean, that's a hammering. That really is. You only have to win 14 and a half points to win it. And so they've gained an extra, you know, what, four and a half points. Um, and it, it was it was over. I think that was over in the first day, to be honest. Yeah. Once they took that lead, Europe had to start well, and they didn't. Europe's, you know, big players, you know, John Rahm, to be fair to him, um, he he was excellent, apart from his singles, which I think he was just tired. Um, but he was absolutely amazing, you know, and probably showed why he's the best player in the world. The minute I thought Sergio Garcia was very good as well. Um, again, you know, maybe just got a bit of tiredness for his singles, but they were probably the only two who really stepped up. You know, maybe Shane Lowry who who took I thought the um, Shane Lowry. Yeah, he he took the the atmosphere and, and built it into a positive, didn't he? You know, yeah. he was you know, he really you know he really you know embraced the Ryder Cup. I thought he was. Really good, but then that's you're running out of players. Then and you know Roy McIlroy obviously was in tears after winning single, but and saying you know he should have done more. Done more Correct, yeah. you know he should have done. But I like to Lee Westwood, who's forty, he's forty eight years of age. You know he's a brilliant, brilliant golfer. You know, but you're asking someone to play three days in a row of high intensity golf um, under pressure. For me, I wouldn't have picked him. I probably wouldn't have picked Ian Paul, even though he's a Ryder Cup legend, but he doesn't do enough now. Yeah. He doesn't get the, like, major tournaments. He doesn't get the, like, you know, the last team in tournaments, and we're thinking, Ian Paul could win this. You know, and, and like I said, they just, they had the better squad, and fair play to them. You know, I was quite, I don't really particularly care for the crowds in America, because, you know, they do, you know, they are very unruly, and, you know, the, the respect of the, the tournaments a bit, you know, you know, they're out there and, you know, they're calling people names and this, that, and the other, which, you know, it isn't nice. But, yeah. um, I mean, I, 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 from what I watched, I enjoyed it. You know, there were some great shots played. I mean, the shot Jordan Speed played out the bunker was... <laughs> was that the one that I mean, that's not, I mean, that's just, like, not possible, that, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable, but there were some lovely shots. Um, You know, John Rahm hit a, hit a couple of absolutely magnificent ones as well. And I think Bryson DeChambeau hit a, a drive for... I mean, both still travelling, and this was a week ago. You know what I mean? I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of Bryson DeChambeau, to be honest. But that was that was just that was just amazing. And um, I think Lowry hit one, which was about you know 420 yards or something, which was which was just as good. So you know, listen to like in two years' time, Europe have you know they've they've really got to improve. Although it's back in back in Europe. Um, for me, if the Americans that squad and you know, like to um Berger who who I thought did all right for his for a Ryder Cup debut, Marikana was Ryder Cup debut, they were only gonna get better and better. I mean, we could be seeing a dominance now of Ameri- yeah. of, of, of Team USA in, in the Ryder Cup and yeah, so the next European captain has, has got a massive, massive job to do, you know, and I think now they need to look at do what the Americans did. I mean, the Americans had like you know, there was no Middleton uh, who who was won a major this year. There was, you know, there wasn't any of the, you know, the the older generation. Really, it was quite a young squad. Yeah. Um, and I think the next Europe Cup needs to like kind of have a look at, um, you know, build a team around the likes of Lowry, Fleetwood. You know, get trying. You know, they need to get Rory McIlroy needs to get his form back. Um, you know, John Rahm, amazing. You know, amazing golfer. Um. They need to find, you know, the next generation, you know what I mean? And otherwise, yeah, it could be one of these ones where it's a period of, of dominance. Yeah. Like, or it the... could be like what happens in in uh, the Ashes because the Ashes is always are oh, the last one. There's always Australia, always in Australia, and England, always been in England. 
because they make the quarters on them, it pitches just suits the home side, which yeah. is obviously what happened to the straights. But um, uh, right. uh, it was just literally three days of dominance, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Europe never looked at it, never looked at it. No. And uh, yeah, so it was, and, and, and for me as well, I kind of ruined the third day because the third day is always exciting, you know, with the singles, but it was just. There was no coming back in 11-5 down. They only needed three, three of their players to win. Yeah. And, you know, the half one hole. Um, well, it was never going to happen, I'm yeah. afraid. No, I mean, I thought the partnership of uh, John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, I thought that was the, the best that Europe could really offer it, to be honest. I mean, I, I think we're all crying out to see a Bryson DeChambeau and a Brooks Koepka. Uh, partnership obviously that didn't happen and I think they've buried the hatchet mm-hmm. but one player that you didn't mention there who I thought actually I think they buried it for three days Gary I don't think that's buried I think it's they, they put it they put it to one side I think and that's that's what you know and, and fair play to Steve Stricker who was the, the American captain because I thought he was I thought he actually um, held himself very well yeah. um, and you know he's obviously all gotten together they've all probably gone out on the drink or something like that and said look you put this aside you can hit each other for then the next the next you know week the week after the next year or whatever but when you're playing Ryder Cup you're teammates and fair enough you don't have to like I always say this I've said this on a few pods now you don't have to like your teammates yeah. as long as you can respect them enough yeah. to you know get on with them I mean like Andy, I always bring this Andy Paul and Teddy Sheringham hated each other Man United couldn't stand each other got the job done you know they got the job done on the pitch they were professional Right. And that's what he's that's what he's done, and been amazing. Yeah, yeah got to mention as well Tony Finau as well. I thought I thought he played well, um, from what mm-hmm. I saw of him. I mean, I only saw the majority of the highlights on the Monday night, but I thought he he put in a, a good performance. But like you say, overall, like total dominance from America over Europe, we need to improve definitely in the future, or it, it could be a, a big period of uh, of dominance. But and we'll we'll move on. Uh, finally, baller and ballyak, mate. I'll let you go first. Right, baller is um. It was quite a hard one this week. I must admit, because there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of like you know stories. I mean, obviously, you know, the American golf team in particular. You know, in particular, probably Justin Johnson. I thought was brilliant. And, you know, and a lot of um, a lot of golf fans actually, American golf fans didn't want him in the side because of what happened in France a few years ago. He just didn't care. Mm. Um, that could have been that was up there. Um, but last night in the Champions League, um, for me, I know who you the biggest in. shock, the biggest shock ever in the Champions League um, with them, um, Sheriff Tiraspol beating Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Um, that's I mean that's just what dreams are made of, isn't it? I mean. They were probably expected in that in that group to be the Whitman boys, and they've took the lead twice. They've obviously won with a last minute goal through um, Hill or Hill, I think it's called. Um, and so that the whole collective unit of of Sheriff Teraspol win baller of the week. Yeah, and that's uh, I can't add to that because that's exactly who I was going to say. I mean, the beat Shakhtar, <laughs> yeah, the beat Shakhtar Donetsk in the first game, then they've just beat Real Madrid. And we've got to remember, Carl Ancelotti's a legend coach as well. So, you know, his mm-hmm. tactical, he's a tactical mastermind. And, you know, the, the coach for Sheriff Tiraspal that has, you know, came through and got a 2-1 win. And you know what? They're, they're looking as if they're going to next go through the next round. I mean, they've got six points. Yeah. Literally looking at that, they're on six points now and there's two teams on one. Yeah. So they really now, with four games left, need to lose them all. Yeah. Um, one more win will probably see them up there. So that's, I mean, that's a big glove for the next round. That would be unbelievable. Even if they can get it anywhere at the Europa League, you yeah. know, would be a success. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people thought they were just there to make the numbers up. Yeah. And um, they've absolutely just blown that out of, the, out of the water. I mean, that's just amazing. Now. It's like, it's they're, they're the stories you're a football fan for, isn't it? And uh, it's just a shame. I always think that's just a shame with like BT having the rights now to uh, um, the Champions League. Like, no. A lot of people and uh, watch obviously they do but i don't particularly buy i don't have bt and it, i do miss watching the time i mean i was at work last night and had had i been watching it anyway i'd have been to Sunderland game so yeah. um, i would have missed it anyway but um it is what it's what it was about but i do miss the time say being on special on Sunday. yeah and who is your ball eight miss um it's unfortunate one is that i do feel a little bit like 
I, I don't want to give it to him because he was doing so well and he deserved it. He deserved to win because of the weekend he had. But it, unfortunately, it's Lando Norris from McLaren. Um, basically, just to like you know, the, the, to, to give you the story, he's he's absolutely dominated the, the race. He, he lost the lead from the from the from the start. Start on pole, lost the lead, won it back, and then he's holding off arguably the greatest driver of all time, and it was Hamilton holding him off. And then it starts raining, and him and his team. I think it's more of his team probably should have said, "Look, come in and change change the tires." And he would have won, but they didn't, and. It got heavier, the rain got heavier. Hamilton overtook him, and he didn't even end up in the top three. He finished seventh. Um, for me, that's just so it's so unlucky. But how can you imagine how he felt like that that night? You know how good he must have been where he should have won the race, and he hasn't. I mean that that whole race was mad anyway. I mean Max Verstappen finished last, uh, so he, he was last in, on the grid because they had to change his engine. Um, so we got change of engine line. I think three times he has to start at the back. Um, he started from the back and came second. And so now he's mass he's massively, in my opinion, favoured to win the driver's title now because Lewis Hamilton will eventually have to that engine change. Yeah. And I don't see I don't see where Hamilton can recover that. Whereas whereas the um the tracks very very much favour Red Bull at the moment. So um I think. Could be the the one to break the Hamilton run, uh, but yeah, like to say, ball here. I'm not going to give it to Lando. No, I'm going to give it to the McLaren team actually for not literally just having the common sense to bring him in. I can understand why they didn't, yeah. but it was such a bad decision and it turned out to be horrible. So it's going to be Team McLaren in the F1. That's fair enough. I mean, it is heartbreak, and I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not the biggest follower of Formula One and don't really know much about it in all honesty, but. Like I'm sure it was like was it his first time like in like pole to start start a Grand Prix or something? I mean I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it was his first yeah. pole. He's been doing so well. I mean, mm. like he's gonna be a world champion. He's a world champion in the making. There's there's him and George Russell who's joined Mercedes next year, who will carry the mantle that Lewis Hamilton's mm. left. I mean, I'm not there's for reasons like I, I think Lewis Hamilton's a little bit arrogant for me yeah. and the he, he goes on about like um you know, and, and he doesn't pay a tax. I don't like how the fact that he's he's all this, you know, I'm I'm a man of the people and all that, but then decides to live in Monte Carlo and not pay a tax. Yeah. Um you know, and, 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 and nearly every time Hamilton crashes, it's it's always the other person's fault. Yeah. Um which is probably a driver, but he always blames something else or the team or this, that and the other it doesn't always end up to um but no one can argue that that man is probably the best driver ever to drive for one car. Yeah. The the the, the statistics all nice. So, but but both come back to the point. I mean, Lando Norris and George Russell, massive massive drivers for Britain. So, but I think we're looking at another period of dominance for Britain in the in the Formula One, which is great. But I mean, I like the stuff. So I can't wait to see what kind of duels he has with the likes of Russell and um, Norris. And Norris, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, I, I know you, you're not a massive Formula One fan, mate, but it's worth getting into at the minute because it's very, very exciting at the moment. Yeah. I can understand a lot of people who don't like it because it's, uh, it has been boring for a few years because it has been dominated by one team and one bloke in particular. But at the minute, it, every race is just so exciting. Something always happens. Yeah. Um. So at the minute, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, no, I mean you're right there. I mean, I I don't watch it per se, but I can see that a lot of things are going on. On obviously the Vast, Verstappen and uh, Hamilton crash, where Verstappen just walked past him and just didn't even check to see if he's all right. And obviously that's the rivalry and stuff. But no, I mean definitely, I I I'm with you there. Considering I don't really have great knowledge of Formula One, I'm with you there. And it is probably a a change in period over the next couple of years for that. Um, I want to go on to my ball ache of the, the week. And it's more um, a statistic, really, than it is per se a team or whatever. But it's also in regards to Nuno, Espirito, Santo. So Spurs, first three games, they started off all right. But Spurs now are the only team in the history of any league who have went from being top of the league to have been overtaken by the bottom of the league within three games. Really? So, yeah, so, so who Arsenal. was the bottom? Was that Arsenal? Was it Arsenal? Yeah, but obviously was it? Right. 3-0 at the yeah. weekend, didn't they? But 
Spurs are having a bit of a torrid time. What's going on there? Like, uh, I, I it was no shocking idea. on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of so think of the the decision maker. And he said he wasn't going to play Ndombele, but now Ndombele is starting every week. I don't know what Harry Kane was doing where he lost the ball and he just sat there and just let Arsenal yeah. attack. But you know, not taking the credit away from Arsenal, you know, Arsenal started the season badly, but they looked. Far superior to Spurs, and you know had um had had that last night not happened with with um Sheriff, I probably would have had Arteta as my baller, right. just because he, he the way he's managed to turn it around. Yeah, it's not finished. You know what I mean? It, it's still you know well down there, but they looked as much as every as every kind of bad side them looked on Sunday. Arsenal looked a very good side, yeah. you know, and it's great. It's it's actually quite good to see. Obviously, you know, friend of the show Ahmed, you know, a massive, massive Arsenal fan, and he'll he'll have been dancing in the streets of Karachi, bless him. You know what I mean? You know that was a very, very good one in a derby. You know, the blow a team away. It doesn't normally happen like that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't normally happen where a team gets absolutely blown away within like half an hour. Yeah. Here's a question for you regarding that because I asked this on Twitter as well. Do you think, and this is like, I'm not being respectful or anything, Harry Kane, but why has the form gone on such a nosedive since Kane come back in? Do you think it's because they've, um, do you think it's because they were lucky, which they could have been? I mean, I thought they were excellent against City. I thought defensively were brilliant, but they've gone from defensively looking amazing to defensively looking absolutely awful. And is it because of the Harry Kane factors, because Kane's playing the duress because he wants to leave? And he's not put 100% in. I mean, I don't think Harry Kane would never put 100% in, but he doesn't look fit. Um, and, I mean, I thought I thought on um, Sunday, had Nuno had 11 changes to make, he would have made all 11, because they were all awful. So that's my question to you, Gary. Do you think it's because of the Kane factor that they've just gone off a cliff? Honestly, yes. Because as soon as Kane's came back into that team, their form has nosedived. Kane obviously doesn't want to play for them. I've never seen Mm -hmm. Harry Kane for his club the way he is currently. And Harry Kane is a world-class forward, one of the best forwards we will ever see for England. You know, he's going to break records still. But if he can't be asked to play, which is what I am seeing personally, no offence, Harry, um, if he can't be asked to play... You, you, they need to look at, you know, grabbing it by the balls and going, look, Harry, like, you're out of form. You're going to sit on the bench. I mean, I think that Thomas Tuchel would do that because Tom, tu- Thomas Tuchel takes no crap. Um, But I think Nuno, because he's the big name, yeah. I think maybe Nuno's a bit scared. And I think the Ndombele thing is playing a factor there now. He said he wasn't going to play him, and then all of a sudden he is playing him. So what's changed? Um, But no, I think, I think I, you're I right. I can't get away with Ndombele. I, I really can't get away with him. He was linked with Man U. January moved to Man U, which is a bit yeah. of an odd one. But yeah, I do. I honestly do think maybe it's the Harry Kane factor coming in. I don't think he can be asked to play, and I think that's having an effect on the actual team. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I say, I, I, I just think it's because the, the, the used to play, you know, the specific kind of football really is yeah. get it to Harry or get it to Son, you know what I mean? And I mean, I don't think it's because Harry Kane isn't putting the effort in, because I don't think any professional, especially as professional as Harry Kane is, wouldn't put the effort in. I just don't think he's fit, and not having a pre-season, it, it, that doesn't hit, you know, mm. and hopefully start banging the goals in soon um, for Tottenham, I mean, but I just think for, for, for Tottenham's sake, for Harry Kane's sake, the January move, wherever it's going to go, wherever he's going to go, needs to happen, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, but the bother is now, not going to be Man new because they've signed Ronaldo. It's not going to be Chelsea because they've got Lukaku. City, I still think City will go off the Haaland. I, I think City will have this season where they're the false nine or play Jesus or whatever and they'll go off Haaland. Where else is he going to go? Or he, won't, he won't go to Liverpool because Liverpool won't play that style. Won't we'll go to Madrid because Madrid won't Mbappe. So... Yeah. It'll, it, so is his best option just to bite the bullet and say, look, Break every record there is to break at Tottenham, but he's got aspirations to be in the Champions League. So it's it's a it's a it should have happened. The move should have happened three four months ago. It hasn't yeah. happened, and now Harry Kane's in a really bad position now because all the other teams that have made 
who, who we could have gone to have made signings that are probably going to leave them uh, who probably don't need them anymore. Like, yeah. say, Ronaldo isn't going to be ousted at Man United until Ronaldo leaves. So, um, like I say, City Guards think City will get Haaland. I think, I, think, I think Pep's already, you know, looking at how much it's going to be to get Haaland in. Yeah. And, um, you know, not that I think he would go to, you know, Chelsea anyway, but they've got the fact that he's at the ground running. So, yeah. It's very, very difficult for him, and it's uh, it's probably going to be it's probably a good topic of conversation to have on a pod to be honest about that. Um, you know, if we can find a Tottenham fan, uh, you know, if fans listening, you know, that'd be an interesting one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you brought up a good question there about Harry Kane, and you know, what we'll do is we'll, we'll put it out there on Twitter, see if we can get a mm. um, what's wrong with Harry kind of pod going on, but um. I mean, we've touched on our ball and ball league. I think that's a that's a good way to end this one. We've also touched on the Ryder Cup as well as obviously our fantasy yeah. side. It's going to be interesting when I put that out on uh, Instagram to see who sides with my team, who sides with your team. It'll be very interesting. <laughs> Imagine if that comes back 50-50. It'll be an interesting exactly, yeah. one. But um, as always, and cheers for joining us. Yeah. Make sure Can I it. just very, 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 very quickly, Gary, just once again thank Lucy Ford from last for last week for the first ever This is Fans Well podcast. You know, um the podcast is it, it's got some great, great reviews from, you know, people who I know and um indirectly has led to, you know, her game two getting involved with Rubber Report with Rubber Report Lady Smith that's on the lady side, which has been amazing. Um and next week, regarding guests, we've got Alyssa Ralph coming on next week, who is is also in, involved in the her game too. But has also got some stories about you know um, sexism and and comments that got sent to her in the uh, last couple of weeks, which I feel needs to be said. Um, and we're looking at getting um, Amy Clement in as well from her game too, who's a Swansea fan. Um, so you know the guests are going to be coming thick and fast for me in the moment. So yeah. you know we're best. Uh, we best get our heads on, you know what I mean? But, yeah, just literally, I mean, I've I, I put on my Twitter, I've obviously put on our Twitter, that was the best two hours I think I've ever spent talking about football and it was amazing. It was such a brilliant, brilliant guest. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good to just... hear her views and stuff and obviously hear her yeah. experience in regards to Bristol Rovers. Um, but, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there in regards to that, yeah. I mean, you, we're, we're looking to obviously get guests on pretty much nigh on every episode give or take um we've got stuff to do with the grassroots little mini series that we're doing as well um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah well. we've got guests in line for that haven't we yeah yeah, so, yeah i mean yeah, yeah just amazing i mean to be honest you know there's only so so much me and you can talk about and yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's good to get these it's good to get these guests on and, and like i say I'm, i just don't think i've ever as much as i was ill and i have a barely talk and I don't think I've had as much fun in my life um, talking about football than what I did last week. And on what it's, like I say, if I'm on it's done, I mean, obviously I'm uh, part of the Liverpool Report podcast, but I do have a lot in with the ladies, with some of the ladies' side, and for that, for us to team up with them, it's just been amazing. And so that's come from a conversation with us, you know, so it's amazing. And I'm just a bit, you know, um, just like I say, the, all of them who do the games uh, are amazing girls. Um, so I just hope that goes on. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, no, I, I'm in agreement with yourself. Obviously, lots of exciting times to come with our pod. I mean, the, the pod that we did last week was class. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Um, but I think this one as well, you know, it's been, it's been a little different different change of pace. It's more of a just-for-fun pod, but, you know, none, nonetheless, still like recording. But we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that for this one and we'll get that out on our social media channels curious to see who uh, our followers think is the best team so thank you once again mate for joining me as you would usually um, you are more than welcome you are more than welcome um, and I wish you a very good night if you're going to watch any Champions League football I'm not no I'm going to watch um, Beardoff <laughs> fair enough mate fair enough well been a pleasure mate I right, see you later bye cheers everybody
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.